0: For some of you who are obviously much newer to this church than the last 14 years, I will say that today has been kind of interesting. I figured out it's probably been about 14 to 15 years since I had my first contact with what was then Grace Church in a fellowship hall. And then I did a little sojourn with you in a, I think it was a high school. I know twice I went to the high school and then I've just been here and there and all kinds of meetings and all kinds of things have happened over the last 14 or 15 years. And I just wanna say what a privilege, um, honor and joy it is to be here tonight. Uh, you know, I, I love Mike, I love the leadership team, I love the, I love this church, Um, I'm so proud of you. Actually, I I really kind of feel this weird pride thing sitting up here like, you know, I'm proud of you. And I just want to say, well done. Just well done for persevering and and pressing on for the kingdom of God. The Lord's going to bear and continue to bear a lot of fruit with that. Grace Anglican. There you go. So I sat with Luke today at some nirvana place. It wasn't a a massage parlor. What was it, a coffee place, Luke? (laughs) Yeah. It it was good. And we had had a chance to visit, you know. I I remember his face so well. I've seen it over the years. But to sit there and talk about, listen to him give his testimony and and just talk about what God has put on his heart and what he's calling him to and how he and Ann have just walked, you know, this road together for the for years, and in particular the last three years. It's just a real privilege and honor to be here. So I've been thinking about what I would say this evening. And I started really just yesterday afternoon, I took some time, I I prayed about it, and what I want to do is if you have your bulletins, just go back to that passage from John. You don't have numbers, so when I say like go to verse 16, you're going to have to kind of try to find it, but you will find it eventually. But what we're going to do is I, I want to start off by just telling you what I've been thinking about. And the first thing I've been thinking about, and this is just going to be some reflections on leadership, some of the stuff that I wish someone would have told me um, below those many years ago when I sat where you're sitting. What I've been thinking about first and foremost is that, Luke, you've been intentionally and purposefully created. There's no one like you. billion people plus or minus in the earth and there's no one like you. Now, that's incredible. It's the same is true of you and you and you and you. I mean, no one has the same voice print, fingerprint. I mean, the intentionality of God is so extraordinary. The reason that we're here tonight, the reason that you are here tonight, Luke, is that God wanted there to be a you here tonight being set apart for leadership in his kingdom. And that's extraordinary. And we can almost stop there and that would be phenomenal. But we're not. Um, The other thing I was thinking about um, yesterday was this glorious (laughs) prayer out of the burial service. And you're probably thinking, burial? I think this is the beginning, not an end to what we're getting ready to do here. But it's a great prayer. And the prayer goes something like this. Merciful Savior, we offer our prayers tonight for Luke. A sheep of your own fold. Right? A lamb of your own flock. A center of your own redeeming. The power and the hope that comes to you, Luke, through Jesus' redemption of you is the cornerstone. It's the foundation of all that you will ever do and certainly all that you will ever do as a leader in the church. So as I was thinking this afternoon, I was thinking about this anointed leader, this unique person. I begin to discover that you have a really passion for prayer. And just for for the filling and then the the ministry of the Spirit of God. Uh, As I look at you, I'm thinking about a faith-filled servant. I'm thinking about a humble follower of Christ. And so what I want to say for the next five minutes or so is just some things that I hope will encourage you to press into this upward call that Jesus Christ has on your life. That's why we're here tonight. And so, I'm going to highlight just a couple of the verses that we just read out of this passage. And I'm going to give you the verse numbers, um, but good luck finding them. (laughs) I'm going to start with verse 5. Now, there's going to be a theme in all these verses. So, just listen and see if you pick up the theme. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Verse 12, my command is this, love others as I have loved you. Verse 15, I no longer call you my servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead I call you my friend for everything that I've learned from my father I've made known to you. 16. You did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you. These verses have a common thread. And what they all speak to is an incredible connection, a a defining level of intimacy a profound impact on your mur- on your ministry that comes from what it comes from access to almighty God in Christ Jesus. I mean they have this common thing that in Christ you have this incredible connection. Honestly there there is nothing else. This is the most essential piece to your leadership, your connection to Christ Jesus. Luke, you are a son of the King of Kings. You are a friend of the Lord of lords. You are beloved. You are loved by God. Almighty God has set you up for success in Christ Jesus. It's one of Paul's favorite phrases. He uses that phrase, in Christ Jesus, if you read his epistles, 160 times. This is the root. You, you cannot not bear fruit as long as you remain in in Christ Jesus, but greatness in the kingdom of God does not happen by accident. It requires a humility. It requires a disciplined pursuit of Christ. You cannot be passive when it comes to the grace of God, that Jesus Christ just kind of lays out there for you. One of my mentors always said, TJ, if you are without discipline when it comes to your relationship with Christ, then you will be without power. In your ministry, in your leadership, and in your life. Luke, the truth of of your leadership going forward is that it's totally dependent upon one thing and one thing only. It really has nothing to do with talent and skills, although I know you have lots of those things. I mean, you can fly planes, you can do all kinds of things. You're an amazing guy. But what it has everything to do with is your connection to Christ. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do, tell me the word. Anything. Let Luke say it. What's the word, Luke? Nothing. You can't do anything. I mean, (laughs) this is it. When you read the Gospels, when you reflect on Jesus' life, what he taught, how he interacted with people, Jesus always had time for people. He never blew anyone off. The thing about Jesus is that he totally understood the uniqueness of each person. He totally understood the uniqueness of their situation, the uniqueness of their gifts and talents. He understood the potential in their lives. So when Jesus puts a call on our lives like he's put on your life, Luke, his call is completely Always appropriate because he understands the gifts and talents that you have, but he also understands the other side of the equation, and that is what he brings to the plate. So if the Lord God Almighty calls you to something, go for it. Jesus would say interesting things like this. I mean, this is how well he understands us. He would say, like he said, you know, he says, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. Remain in my love. Or he would say to his disciples, As the Father sent me, I am now sending you. Be filled with my spirit. Or if you're having, you know, a, a tough week. It happens sometimes to clergy. And, and you're having a tough week. And the Lord will say, come to me. If you're burdened, if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. You're going to find peace in me. He says, ask anything in my name. You need wisdom. You need power. So why wouldn't you go there? Why wouldn't you remain connected to that? Why wouldn't your heart always run to the Lord? Well, let me tell you, based on about 25 years of ministry experience, why you wouldn't. Because what happens is, your calendar gets full. And now I'm talking to everyone in this room. You have all kinds of people who want a piece of your time. They have spiritual needs, they have emotional needs. You have teachings to prepare. You're busy juggling, at least in the next 12 months, flying a plane and beginning to do ministry around here. I mean, I'm just so busy. Our busyness can separate us from the most essential thing and that is being rooted in Christ. Luke, you are a son of the King of Kings. You are a friend of the Lord of lords. You are beloved, one in whom the Lord delights. You've been set up for greatness in Christ Jesus, but apart from him, you can do nothing. And we don't get it. And we make it complicated. And I've done it. I can chart the effectiveness of my ministry based on my connectedness to Christ. Jesus says now in verse 15 I don't call you a servant because a servant doesn't know his master's business instead I call you my friend and everything and everything that I have learned from the Father I will make known to you I mean we could just sit with that for a while couldn't we that is staggering Luke, your leadership must always begin with, it must always be formed by self-leadership. You cannot lead where you have not been and you are personally not willing to go. So Jesus says, abide in me, draw near to me, seek me with your whole heart, passionately Intimately, desperately, in humility, and model it, brother. Live it so the people around you begin to see that is how we connect with Christ. One other thing your leadership is going to be deeply personal. Your leadership is not going to be defined by the size of the opportunity, although I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity out there, but by the quality of your response to the opportunity. I don't know if you remember, but in Luke 15, Jesus tells a story. And here's the way it works. Jesus is talking to sinners. I mean, like, serious sinners. And the religious people are over here to the right, and they're saying, doesn't Jesus know who he's talking to? And Jesus knows their thoughts. So he turns to them and he begins to speak to them. And he says, I'm getting ready to rapid fire truth into your heart. I'm going to tell you what really matters in the kingdom of God. And what Jesus does, the only time he ever does it in all his ministry, is he tells three stories back to back to back to make the same point. And you know the stories. You may remember them. I'm not going to quiz you. I'm not going to call you out right now. But Luke 15, you better know it. It, It's a a story about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a wayward son. Three stories, the same point. The point is this, that which is lost matters to the heart of God. But here's what I want you to focus on. All of heaven rejoiced, because that's the punchline, over what? One sheep One coin, one wayward son. Luke, your leadership is not defined by the size of the opportunity, but by your faithfulness and response to that opportunity. So how you live and who you are is way more important than title, position, or order. Abide in me. You see, you can teach what you know, but you're only going to reproduce in others who you are. Y'all believe that? It's true. And for so many years, in the early years of my ministry, I didn't get it. I tried to do the form. I tried to do whatever was asked of me until it finally came to that place when I ran out of gas and the Lord said, abide in me, TJ. If you do that, you're going to bear fruit. TJ, you can only reproduce in the lives of others what is going on in your own life. How many times would Jesus say this? He would say, what's going on in your heart matters most. It's out of the overflow of your heart that what? That your mouth speaks. It's out of the overflow of your heart that your actions are defined. It's out of the overflow of your heart, Luke, that your leadership is going to be defined. One last thought, last verse, verse 16. This is, they're all incredible. This passage from John, just, man, just just read it about once a week and you're going to be so encouraged. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you, Luke, so that you might go bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. That's incredible. That's glorious. And that's for anyone who calls on the name of Christ. But we're here for you tonight, Luke. You are not here by accident. You are chosen, you are loved, you are redeemed. You have been passionately pursued by Almighty God. That is why we are here. So Luke, my brother, pursue a friendship with Jesus. Go for intimacy, pursue holiness because Jesus is going to take you on an adventure. In Christ, there is always something more. There is always something greater. Because in Jesus Christ, the best is always yet to come. And all of this comes with a promise. And the promise is that if you will do your leadership with me, the fruit of your leadership will what? It will last. It will stand for an eternity. As Paul says at the end of First Corinthians, he says, my labor for the Lord is not in vain. And who wouldn't give themselves to that kind of life? So I was praying for you yesterday, brother. I want you to stand up now. And I really didn't know, I don't know you that well. But this passage from Isaiah kept coming to me. You know, you're committed to being a deacon. You have a passion for prayer. you, You have a passion to serve the spiritual, the relational, the needs of folks around here. You have a passion, particularly for young folks who've struggled with alcohol and drugs. That much I know, but there's something more. This is the passage the Lord gave to me. It comes out of Isaiah 49, verses three through six. And we're just gonna, I'm just gonna speak it and we're gonna just let the Lord breathe life into it over the course of your uh, ministry. The Lord is speaking to Israel, to his chosen to the people that he called to be his presence in the land. The Lord said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand. My reward is with God. Let me just say, there are going to be times when you think, What is going on here? I don't think I'm making any headway. I don't think I'm advancing the kingdom. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand and my reward is with God. And now the Lord says this, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has been my strength. That's what we're saying. You are chosen to bear fruit. So the Lord says this, and I don't know where this is going to take you. He says, It's too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I've kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Think big, be courageous. As the Lord told Joshua, be strong, do not be fearful, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God, the Lord Almighty will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Amen.